0: The racial injustice that I also go through as a son of African immigrants growing up in the Midwest where you go through all the microaggressions and all the racism and you think, okay, how do I resist in a peaceful format? And that is to create poetry.
1: Poetry within America has evolved to a more literal nature from important moments in history like Lincoln and Gettysburg and Martin Luther King and Obama and Sama and recently Anna Gorman, where she stated in 2018 that, you know, the power of poetry, it's, it's not the language barrier, it, it really is the language it bridges. Where back then it was more coded and now it's like a literal, we see this merging of poetry and politics shaping influencing American rhetoric. So like in your work, your poetry, such as Nails, your investigations into perception really offers us like a new sort of language. I really do appreciate that. So can you speak more on that? Thank
0: you. Yes, I think when I started the journey of Extended Syllables in 2015, when the book was released in tandem with my graphic designer, her name is Jennifer Ross, and Marshall Pan Physics on Instagram. And I think when I started that journey five years ago, It was about reinventing poetry at the same time, because in the digital age where I work in digital communications during the day, I think it's imperative to showcase a multimedia type of experience where with nails, for example, I want to create a visual representation of the pandemic, the racial injustice that I also go through as a son of African immigrants growing up in the Midwest where You go through all the microaggressions and all the racism and you think, okay, how do I resist in a peaceful format? And that is to create poetry and talk about the ills of society that we are looking to fight back in this moment. And then also uh, create beautiful multimedia like nails to showcase that, hey, we're not going anywhere and we love each other, but we're not going to sit down and be attacked unmercifully for a long time. Would
1: you say that poetry engages with being political or is essentially yes. political?
0: Yes. Poetry is political by nature. It is all about discussing societal moments, as I mentioned. But poetry itself is also about no limits. It is an unlimited form of expression and dynamic between that creates a lot of freedom that people may not have the patience to get to. But that's a special part of working with poetry is that you have to be in an isolated framework where you're at home and you just start the music you set your phone to airplane mode where no one can bother you and then you just write whether it could be 10 lines or 15 lines and then you do create a so circadian create a rhythm to not only engage with the flow showcase a, a sharper dimension in the language but also just using poetry as a form of therapy as well
1: so, you're at home, you're you're in your space. Yes. what What goes through your mind? Is it you explained how it's this sort of like emptiness, this like meditative state where it allows you to like flow through? Yes so so what are you thinking? What are the emotions that come from this?
0: The emotions come in an immediate standpoint, whether if I'm writing a poem about a past relationship where it's reflection, and then you will get themes of disappointment and frustration. But at the same time, you think, okay, what is the takeaway that I can learn from the situation where you try to be careful from an emotional standpoint? But at the same time, just think, okay, this did not work. What can I do with it? Where, you know, we're coming towards February and it's Valentine's season. So (laughs) that's one example of poetry where you undergo a lot of twisted emotions, but then be be careful about the mind of attachment because then that can be unhealthy and take you to deeper bouts of depression where I think we've been prioritizing mental health in these days. It's been not only documented, but also messaged across industries and also across the healthcare sector. But I think poetry is also its form of mental health before it was uh, displayed in those exact terms.
1: I know a lot of people have spoken in the past that like poetry must come from suffering. (laughs) That means that we're all ill, Uh you know? So what do you think of that notion?
0: That we're all ill. Yes, we are.
1: Or oh, that, that, <laughs> that not that we're all ill, but like that poetry must come from this sort of you know yes despair.
0: Yes, poetry. Would does you come agree from, with that? Poetry just come from a source of hopelessness and despair, and poetry can also come from a source of joy, which can be a longer trance of being after the bouts of despair and and anger and hopelessness, depending on the timeline. Can also be substituted with joy and humor and grace. Like music. <laughs> yes, like music. And that's been, as mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, you know, I thought it was really fun to create a more dynamic representation of poetry with music because yeah, I love music A and B, you know, all the, the genres that people do love about, whether it's R and B, soul, hip-hop, reggae, and also crew to appreciate classic rock and indie rock and certain stages of my own personal life. But then I thought it'd be good to just integrate the two because the content, the archives are so available. And I thought it was good to create a specific fusion, but unique and then also a immediate to write poetry that reflects the societal ills of the time we're in. And so I decided to focus it on a more immediate scale. For example, like I, I wrote a poem about the way bills are, bills in Capitol Hill where that's a whole other conversation, probably offline, <laughs> where bills on Capitol Hill get pushed through the House and they're looking for votes. And I even wrote about how that is another dynamic operation that is just depressing because most people don't care to follow that too closely unless you work in you know Congress or Capitol Hill. But that can affect us too when we're at home trying to make dinner at 8 o'clock. So that is going back to to poetry, that's another form where I thought it was important to create an experience that goes between music and poetry, because we all have, what's the word I look for? We have, you know, way more interactions across devices and hardware in our time. And I thought it was good to illuminate the experience across dimensions. Amazing. And do any of your musical or
1: poetic influences come from uh, South Africa. I know that you you mentioned that you you loved your time there and you, you yes. gained a lot of
0: experience from that. Yes, through your writing, that was a factor. Yes, because South Africa, you know, they've undergone a history of a part- pretty similar to the United States, and it's almost like being an African version of what you know residents from the South have went through in their own way. And then I think the first time that it's jarring about it is like, wait, this is Africa. Like, how did this how did this nation with All the wealth of natural resources get taken away since World War II. And then that's the fascinating part is they have so many brilliant artists like Hugh Masekela and other smaller, you know, quieto singers and other dancers and musicians that I was able to learn about over time since going to clubs that were pretty segregated, about as much as you would expect in Peter Marisburg, the, the college town where they have these local clubs that are all black or all white or also all Afrikaners, which is, you know, another dimension of the white people of South Africa. But uh, that was one example that inspired me to learn how to fuse music and poetry. And then uh, also uh, Gil Scott Heron was like another big influence, influence of mine, where he's been doing that before I was born. And then, you know, that was another factor into how to create this concept. And then, uh, unfortunately, this is not the time we could do it now, where in another day where you catch me with a conga player and also a bassist where it would be good just...
1: So as a, a spoken word artist, a performer, what does that mean now during this this post-COVID era?
0: Yes, <laughs> good question. What I try to do in this moment is uh, to the audience uh, just decide to record projects indoors. For example, I uh, just created the Nails video that we discussed last year just to, again showcase a multimedia experience for a poem that I did write a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago, to talk about the story of Homer's Iliad, which was another reading session that I did in the English class. And I thought it was an interesting story where it was good to learn that, hey, the smart, strong guys win over the strong guy, which is kind of a classic narrative of David and Goliath. But Mm. it was within Greek mythology that made it fascinating over time. And so nails was one example I thought it would be good to just illustrate it in a multimedia format. So I did create that video with a, another graphic designer who was also becoming an animator at the time. And so we did a nice little piece to present to the world. And then also uh, been able to record a spoken word album that is now available on other platforms like SoundCloud, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, and so forth, and Spotify. So I thought it would be the best way when we're indoors and then make sure that we can acquire proper equipment because there's so much inventory available in the marketplace that is cheap. It's just, you know, typical to scour around and do quick searches. And if not just through Google or not even Bing, but just uh, even just ask your friends if you've heard any deals or any news or any new products that's upcoming. So I think that's one adjustment, try to make in the area, the era of no smoking word and no, live programming.
1: Well, that's interesting because like, do you really think that this new digital era has offered spoken word artists like a new way in, a new way to reach a market that they couldn't have before? You know, this new virtual medium, or has it hindered it?
0: I think it's opened, it's definitely opened in a way where because there's so much more creativity you can take on where I think with the tools and resources available, you can record and then save it to your Google Drive or Dropbox, and then the important aspect is to uh, communicate with the audio engineer or with the other producer who is going to make the instrumental beats, and just communicate pretty clearly, concisely, and directive. And so, I think it's been advanced in the sense where, as long as we are on the same page and able to define our, our timeline, execute the deliverable, and then we decide when we're going to present it live and where we're going to distribute the content.
1: I love your work. I love when you're performing, you're so invested into it. It's amazing. I was wondering if you could give us advice on how to speak. Like what, how do you channel the emotions and the language that you emit to like the audience when you're performing?
0: I think learning how to speak, that is a great question because I'm not gonna lie. The first time I did do a a live spoken word, it was pretty nervous because at that time I wasn't the guy to speak to about 40, 50 people and read my poems. But I think an adjustment to make over time is, now when I'm gonna speak, it's good to just meditate for 20 minutes a day before and think, okay, what am I gonna say to them? How am I gonna direct and provide support to the audience? I'm gonna also work with operators in the building and make sure the equipment is sound. And so that's something I will meditate on for a good 20 minutes the night before I perform. to just channel my focus and then be instinctive to handle the audience when they come in. Because the audience, you never know how they're gonna respond or react, but it'll be good to set, a tone, set the tone when you meditate firsthand and then imagine and think, okay, how magical can we make this? Mm-hmm. How magical will we do this?
1: A collective experience. Yes, hey,
0: how do we strengthen the collective experience? And that's the fun part about it is, oh. And then now I think it's good for memorization too when you're able to meditate a night before would do a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah the world before COVID, where it's like, okay. It becomes very natural when you've mentioned before where you, you see yourself in your mind, the potential coming forth to collaborate and execute and make magic out of nothing. That's the fun part.
1: Well, we do have a treat today. You brought in a poem that you are gonna read for us.
0: Yes. This poem is one that I wrote about our feelings of isolation, frustration, and some of them may feel uncertain about what we're gonna do going forward. And that's why I thought it would be good to just write this piece because I think it inspired me when, as I mentioned to you, it was a Saturday night where I just walked around the Lower East Side and looking to see if there were any galleries opening to just absorb the art and immerse myself in the experience. But at the same time, some galleries are closed and they don't have the funds or the resources to come back and pivot their operations. So I thought I wrote this piece afterwards because I had a little tune in my head And, you know, the interesting part about some of my poems where it is definitely skewed towards a musical rhythm that is within my body. But then sometimes I write in tandem with that tone of my body from a song that inspired me. But this piece, I'll probably just read it in a little little more subdued margin, but it should be fun. And this poem is called Clean Hands, Slow Walks. Because I think those are the fundamentals we have to take Mm -hmm. in this time that we have. Because (laughs) we don't have options like that. Which, on one level? I I said it's okay. Because health is wealth.
1: Definitely.
0: When will the pandemic end? Pandemic end. When? 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 When will the pandemic end? Pandemic end. Not today, nor tomorrow. Guidelines over malaise. Laissez-faire, negligence. parties over, okay. It's over, okay. Take a breath, then wipe your tears right. Take a breath, then wipe your tears right. Yes, you're bored, but many have died. Yes, you're bored, but many have died. Get a test with no long lines. Find nature with no crowds or no lies. If vaccine comes, Effective or nigh? Maybe then. Pandemic will be gone. One day, one time, one point. Then. Clean hands, slow walks.